Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn how to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out and find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, a songwriter, life coach, and wellness advocate, Liz Langston. Hello, hello, hello. It's podcast time. Today, I have a special bonus birthday podcast. I am 30 today. Yes, I'm sitting in my studio recording this podcast on my 30th birthday because that is seriously how much I love you guys. I love my business. Like I am so present here. I just absolutely have this deep desire to create such a sense of community. And I genuinely wanted to do myself and all of us the service of really talking about what I learned these last 30 years. I could never possibly put that into a little podcast. So really these 10 lessons that I'm going to share today come from about the last 18 months. For those who are new here, welcome and may not know me. Um, My name is Liz Langston. I'm a certified life coach, but here's the thing. I have had postpartum depression twice And with both of those came severe postpartum anxiety, we're talking panic attacks and the whole bit, suicidal thoughts, all of it. And as I came out of my second round of postpartum depression, I found life coaching. It was actually at a point where I had tried everything that there is to try. I had done the maximum dosage of antidepressants that my doctor could prescribe me. Um, I had gone to postpartum support groups at the local hospital, you know, those free groups that are around. And I'd actually worked with a postpartum mental health therapist, person, counselor, that was a service provided to me through my birth center. So I'd tried basically all the things and I still was at the point where my next step was inpatient care. I really couldn't with my kids and my in-laws actually took my kids for me lovingly so that, and, um, sent my husband and I away to just focus on my healing full time. And I, um, that's when I found life coaching. That's when I found these tools that I teach on the rest of the episodes. Um, so yeah, that's me. That's my story. And if you are in the middle of your own depression, listening to this and my voice sounds really happy, it's cause I am happy. Truly I am. And, um, that will be you one day. There will be a day when your postpartum struggle smooths out, evens out, and it's not going to be because time passes, although that helps, but, 
And honestly, it will be because of that. I mean, you can wait for time to pass, but also if you want to help yourself heal and expedite your healing, that's what I help mamas do. So moms who are really struggling postpartum, postpartum period, whether it's depression or otherwise just struggling postpartum, I take them into my little nest of clients and, um, coaching sessions and I help them learn the tools that helped me climb my way out of depression by training my brain and understanding how thoughts create feelings, the whole bit. So all of that I'm not talking about today, but just so you know who you're listening to and welcome to those who are new. All right. So without further ado, today we're going to be talking about the 10 things that I really took away from the last 18 months of my life, which like I just said, 18 months ago, I was just coming out of my second round of postpartum depression. And that is also the last most recent one. I've had three kids and I had really bad postpartum depression after my second and my third baby. And my youngest is now two. So that puts us at today. And here we go. The first thing I learned that I feel, and I I honestly put these in order of priority. I feel like I did these based off of really the impact factor. So the number one thing I've learned is that how we talk to ourselves matters. How you talk to yourself matters. And it's also something that requires integrity. If you think about it, No one is exactly checking up on how you treat yourself. People can see how you treat your kids. People can see how you treat your husband. Obviously, in the confines of your own home, only y'all can see. But in general, this area of self-talk, the way you talk to yourself, A, it oftentimes goes completely unnoticed and unchecked. Most of us aren't brought up being taught how to talk to ourselves kindly or with respect or whatever. We also don't notice, and I sure didn't until I found coaching, how much the way that I talk to myself is actually reflected in the way that I see and talk to and think about others. The way you talk to yourself creates and impacts how you see yourself. And believe it or not, I have learned this from personal experience this year, that the way you see yourself creates a lens that influences the way you see the world, your entire life. If you feel and see yourself as a bundle of problems and you feel like you are a problem and the way you are isn't right and you need to be more, you need to do more, you're not enough, whatever it is, and you talk to yourself and you believe those things about yourself, all of those thoughts and beliefs and energy is going to bleed out from you into how you manage your relationships. So for example, when I am really hard on myself and I beat myself up or criticize myself for not being more patient around my kids, what's interesting is that I have less patience with my kids. I give even less patience to them when I'm having less patience with myself. And so the way you're talking to yourself at any given moment is either helping you in the way you're dealing with the world and with others and giving you more energy, or it's subtracting and taking away. I'm going to give you one little example of this. I was driving my kids to preschool and it had been a couple months that we'd already been in school. So it's not like the schedule was really new for me. And yet here we were, it was not the first time for sure. Not the first time that I was late taking them. 
I mean, probably over 10, 15 minutes late. Right. And I remember I was sitting at the stoplight. It's just, it was just around the corner from my house. So I wasn't a long drive, but I was so impatient. That light was red for so long. It always is. (laughs) And I was sitting at the stoplight and my brain just started going like railing on me. The things that my brain wanted to say were seriously, you cannot get your stuff together. Why are you so selfish? You have to take care of yourself, get your makeup done, whatever. You can't get yourself out of the way to just get your kids there on time. Why can't you get your stuff together? You should know this by now. My brain just was going off. And I'd been doing some work uh, listening to a podcast from my life coach at that point in time about self-love, self-respect, and not just the gooey, hooey, fuzzy, wuzzy. Like I'm talking about practically implementing this rule that you just don't talk to yourself that way. That's just not okay. And I remember, um, I didn't even cognitively think about that podcast. I just heard my brain doing this and I thought, no, stop enough. And so this inner voice of reason within me was so much stronger than this, the default chatter in my brain, right? It was crazy. And for the first time I was in control of the way myself was going to be talked to that day. And I have taken that forward with me. Now I still get into times where I don't talk to myself awesomely, but I know what it's going to do. I know where it takes me. It takes me into subpar motherhood because now I'm mad at myself. So I'm being more mad at my kids. I have less patience with my marriage and my husband and the, my view of the world is negative. So the way you talk to yourself absolutely matters. And if you are in the middle of postpartum struggle and depression, this is the number one reason I've learned for a reason. There's a reason I put it at number one. It is huge and it will totally help you come out of your struggles as you work on this one thing. Even if you don't hear anything else I say today, the way you talk to yourself Take a look at it, pay attention to it the next few days and have a discussion with yourself, a little relationship evaluation. What's going to change? Where are the boundaries going to be? What are the words and the things we do or do not say or criticize ourselves of? Please do that. Your life will instantly get easier and better and you will be happier and nicer. (laughs) All right. Number two, you are not your symptoms. The reason I say this is because sometimes in depression, postpartum depression specifically, our symptoms feel like they own us. They feel so big and we feel so buried underneath them. And we live in this world and we're looking on Instagram for other moms who are postpartum depressed and we just don't see the light sometimes. And also you just feel so distant and fuzzy and little. Like your actual true self just feels, like I said, buried under the weight of your symptoms So even though that feels how it is, I want you to know that you are not your symptoms. You are completely separate from them. Whether you like to think of you as being a spirit inside of your body, that's not actually your body because the depression is your brain, which is part of your body. So maybe you like to think of it that way, or maybe you like to think of there's your brain and then there's your mind and your intuition or your conscience, however you like to think about it. I personally like to think of myself as a spiritual being that's living inside of a human body. And when I do that, I remember that my symptoms are of my body, but that isn't me. I'm not captive to those symptoms forever. And in fact, those symptoms only have as much power over me as I give them. 
Now, don't confuse this with me saying that your symptoms aren't real and that if you think you have symptoms of depression, that you're just not trying hard enough or you're just not in touch with yourself or something. That's not at all what I'm saying. I think the symptoms of depression are real and they are written in, you know, the psychological manual of psychology, whatever, like the actual symptoms are, are there for a reason. And depression does present with certain symptoms and they are distinct and unique too when you are in depression. That being said, I just want to offer today something that I've learned that was helpful to me. And if it's helpful to you, you can take it. If not, leave it that you are separate from your symptoms and that there, there are phases of depression. There's like a gradient of, and there's parts of depression when you're ready to heal and you're ready to come out of it. And if you feel like you might be there or you want to f- play with the idea that maybe you are there, I just fully give you permission to believe that you are not your symptoms and that you can get out of depression as your brain is ready and as you are ready. So you don't need to resent your body for the symptoms you're in, but just notice that there's a power that comes when we realize that we are not our symptoms and we are not defined by our symptoms. I like to remember that postpartum depression is temporary. It's really unique. It's very unique because of all of the hormones and the ligaments that are literally just open and loose. And you know, you're just, your body is this in this unique recovery time. And so postpartum depression is very unique and it's very situational and it doesn't feel like that at all, but you are not your symptoms. That's something that I learned. I came out of depression my last round of it about 18 months ago. And if I am able to go from being bottom of the world, depressed, suicidal, somebody else had to take my children for me all the way to thriving and loving my business and serving other moms and using that experience in depression to help others, then it's not possible that I am my symptoms. And so just wanted to offer that to you. You can rise up in the power that you feel like you have. And if there isn't any that you feel like you have today, no problem. Save that one for a day when it feels like the right thought to think. All right. Number three, beliefs are malleable. That is such a fun word. Malleable, malleable, malleable. It just means that they, they're like clay. You can play with them and you can mold them to fit your needs. So this year I had a crisis of faith and let me tell you that it's not exactly my faith that was at crisis, but kind of, I think anytime you're debating whether or not to be active or a participant in the church that you are in, and in my case, that's the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, anytime that that's something you're debating, it does have to do with faith of some kind. For me personally, it wasn't my faith in Jesus Christ, but it was my faith in the idea or the fact that I belonged or fit into, I knew I belonged, but I was doubting that I fit into the church that I grew up in and that I knew and that I loved. I have changed a lot in the last 18 months since I found life coaching and worked you know, toward healing out of depression and then starting a business and realizing that part of my motherhood and what helps me be the mom that I want to be is working almost full time now. And that's something that I didn't identify with as some, you know, I didn't identify as a working mom. I never have. I wasn't raised with a working mom. And honestly, I can't think of any woman in my maternal, like whether a grandmother or a mother 
that worked as a mom. And yet it's something that I cannot deny totally helps me be the mom that I have always dreamed of being. And so I had this crisis where I believed that my church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I believe that it is the Church of Jesus Christ restored on the earth. Like it's real. It is connected with heaven that Jesus Christ is at the head of it. I believe that. I also, for a little bit, had a simultaneous belief, like the same time, that I didn't belong or I didn't fit in. I didn't fit into the culture of this church. I didn't fit into the culture with other, I couldn't, I looked around and I couldn't see any other moms who were working full-time by choice and had kids that were ages five and under. I didn't see that. And that I made that mean that maybe I didn't fit in right to this culture of this church. And so the reason I've learned that beliefs are malleable is because at the end of the day, I struggled with this. My husband was out of town and I had a whole weekend to just really sink into this, this doubt and confusion. And I decided I believed, truly believed that the church was restored and that this is the church I want to be in. And I don't ever want to leave. This is the church of my savior, Jesus Christ. And so then I was left with, if I don't want to leave the church, because I know this is the only place I want to go to get the truths and whatever that I need, then what do I do with this lingering belief that I don't fit in here? And so my lesson that I learned was beliefs are malleable. You can take a belief that feels completely true to you. And if you need to, or want to, or it serves you in some way, if it's going to make space for where you want to go next, you can bend and shape that belief. You can truly take beliefs and through coaching, you can put them out in front of you, look at them and kind of poke and prod them and put them back into your head in a new way. Now, am I telling you, you need to go do that? Not necessarily. Do I think it's really awesome exercise to truly question some of our beliefs? I really do. I know a lot of people, especially members of my church kind of get freaked out by that. They're like, why would you do that? That sounds scary. And I actually still feel that way sometimes, and I have felt that in the past. But through coaching, I've learned the beautiful art of being able to shift your beliefs when you need to. And I'm so grateful I knew that because it meant that I was able to still stay in the church that I love, even though I had some beliefs that were directly in opposition to me feeling comfortable and safe in that church. And I was able to question my own beliefs, which honestly can be very excruciating. And the brain doesn't really naturally like to do it, but gratefully, like I said, through coaching, I know how to do that with my brain and it's been everything to me. And I've come out of that faith crisis actually truly so much stronger in my faith in Jesus Christ and his restored church. So it was a beautiful lesson that I learned. Beliefs are malleable. All right. Lesson number four. Women are incredible and amazing. This year, I got certified at the Life Coach School with my mentor and the curriculum creator there, Brooke Castillo. She and her husband are also the founder and co-founder of the school. They run things. If you haven't checked out the Life Coach School podcast, brace yourself. It's some really mind-blowing stuff, but it's amazing. And she is the creator of the content I learned to become a coach. So anyway, I went to the life coach school this year and I met a ton of amazing women there and I attended a public speaking group for women. And I just really drew close to a lot of new friends this year who happened to be women. And I truly have come to believe and feel and learn. I've learned that women are amazing 
and incredible. I watched one of my dear sister-in-laws go through a divorce and come out stronger on the other end of it as she drew close to her savior. I watched, and I am watching, my mom care for her mother as she's aging and preparing to leave this world. I'm watching my stepsister continually fast and pray before her daughter's open heart surgeries and other heart complication surgeries. I love watching Ashley Lameau from The Shine Project on Instagram. I love Jody Moore, and she's with The Better Than Happy Podcast, and she was actually the first life coach I ever found, and I love watching her just take the world by storm in her business. And I love watching fellow coaches. I love watching TED Talks by women. I love specifically Liz Wiseman, um, an LDS leadership author and expert. And I also love watching my nanny who makes housekeeping and child rearing look like the easiest thing in the world. And she's an incredible friend to me. I don't know how she does it. She makes it all look so amazing and easy. Women are incredible and amazing. And I actually, so I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, and our prophets, both past and present, have talked about in preparation for the second coming or the return of Jesus Christ um, when he returns to earth again. um, I've just heard prophecies by our modern day prophets that women are going to play a huge role in the latter days, like the winding up scenes on this earth before Christ comes again. Um, in sharing the gospel and in being a light and different and unique and happy ways. And I'm just so grateful to be surrounded by so many amazing women, not just women of my faith, but just so many just women in general in my life. So women are amazing. Number five, I am a good friend. So this year I've transitioned a lot. As you can imagine, I went from being a full-time stay-at-home mom to then a mom and coach hobbyist, to then a certified coach, and then launching eventually full-time into my coaching business. So now I'm a working mom. My kids have grown older this year, and I have had money goals. I've talked freely about my money goals, and I've just very much an advocate of life coaching and the art of coaching. Um, And I've had some transitions in friendships this year. Not necessarily good or bad, just transitions, just changes in my social life and those who I choose to spend close, intimate time with, whether that be through Marco Polo's back and forth or trips to visit each other or going on a cruise with another couple, just the types of things that you do when you have that free time that you want to spend it with friends. I've transitioned in who those people are and how I like to spend that time. And, um, through one of those transitions in particular, I came out on the other end kind of scared that maybe I wasn't a good friend. I I had heard some things that this friend had mentioned about our friendship. Now that it was coming to an end, but earlier in the friendship, and it just made me think, am I being the kind of friend that I want to? And it was not an easy time. I really looked hard in the face at the way that I'm a friend to people, but I came out of it realizing I am a really good friend. I am good at the give and take. I do get off balance from time to time when I'm really working on something in my business. And I'll find that I talk about it a lot with people who maybe can't relate or don't want to relate. Um, and I mean, not just people, but my friends, um, but those who are close to me and are willing to love me through that know that I always come back with new energy to give to and love them. 
And so I just, it's just so interesting how life's experiences pop up and then we learn from them. And sometimes like, for example, with this one, this friends transition, I kind of had PTSD from a a few friendships kind of taking a transition during a time of transition in my life and of becoming the new, the next version of myself. And I did leave some friendships kind of let them go type of thing. And I came away from that really nervous that maybe I wasn't a good friend, but I was able to see and again, prove that thought wrong and really just look at my ability to give and take and to laugh and to love and to share and to serve and to be there for people. So it's been a beautiful process. Okay. Number six, money isn't everything. I really thought it was you guys. I am a member of the life coach school. I shouldn't say a member. I'm a graduate of the life coach school and we love making a ton of money as life coaches. And we're really proud of that. And if you ask any of us as certified coaches from the life coach school, we, when we get together every year, we give awards, we celebrate those who are just making a ton of money in their business, but it's not just about the money, right? It's about the service and the value you're giving on the other end of receiving that money. And though that's not as talked about. And so sometimes I, I don't know. Sometimes I just really got off into thinking that money was the goal. I don't think I ever thought that completely, but as I've kind of matured in my business and settled down and really found my purpose and my vision and my niche in my business, serving postpartum moms and bringing my stories into my business in that service of them, I've come to realize that money is not to be ashamed of, and we don't need to lie about our money. Money is necessary, and I believe God wants us to have a lot of money. Money can allow us freedoms in this life that we all could benefit from, and it's so awesome, and I can't wait to be rolling in money to help and bless others, to build up the kingdom of God, and enjoy the bounties of life. But in business, in a true business, money isn't everything. Other reasons like love and service are so amazing and feel so great. And in fact, when we lean into love and service, naturally the money follows. All right. And number seven, my body is a precious treasure in running a business. Um, I kind of lost track of my body and even in my, um, postpartum struggles after baby number two and three, but especially after baby number three, I gained about 40 pounds and Um, I had moments where I wanted to just sort of forget about my body, either not look at it or just save it for later. And I did, and that wasn't a problem. You know, that was just where I was at. But as I was able to find healing and to come into my own again, I really realized that my body is a treasure as I work on my thoughts. And I realized that my thoughts create my feelings and I use the model and my coaching tools to, um, progress and to become, I bring my body along with me intentionally. I really feel the feelings in my body. Where is that? What, you know, if I have a negative thought, what feeling is that? Okay. It's, it's fear. Okay. Where does fear feel in my body? It's in my chest. It's in my solar plexus. It's in my wrists. I don't know wherever it is. And so as I bring my body into the work that I'm doing on my mind, we progress together and I truly feel emotion more plentifully when I'm just genuinely taking good care of my body, exercising and doing yoga and stretching and getting it out into the sunshine and in the middle of the fresh air in the mountains and the trees. I actually went on a hike today for my birthday. My good friend invited me. That was so nice of her. 
So I also, another thing on the topic of my body this year that I learned is I went gluten-free and in that process, by the way, it wasn't necessarily by choice. It was after some really sore wrists and elbows and knees. And I just was having some weird inflammation and also fatigue and I didn't know what was going on. So I saw a functional health practitioner and through that, I learned that I have a gluten intolerance, whether it's forever or just for a while I've gone off of gluten. And so through that process, listening to and working with my body, I realized how every little thing that I eat truly is felt in my body. If I'm willing to tune into my body and listen with my body. And so as I learned that I've just grown an appreciation for my, you know, this vessel that I live in every day and I've wanted to take better care of it. So number eight, lesson number eight, I love being a mom. I doubted this for a while. And you guys who have struggled postpartum or are struggling postpartum, you second guess this. You ask yourself, why did I even have these kids? What was I thinking? Right? You get into the craziest confusions and doubts because you're just in that place. And I doubted this even after I was coming out of my depression for a while, I wondered, do I love being a mom or am I trying to run away from being a mom? Well, so that I, you know, to be in my business turns out the reason I wasn't awesomely enjoying motherhood because there's so much there to enjoy is that I just thought that motherhood needed to look like one thing. The motherhood that I had seen growing up and the motherhood that I looked around and saw in my church community, I thought that that's what it needed to look like. Stay at home, full-time mom. And so I tried to fit myself into that box, not because anyone made me, not because anyone wasn't being helpful or whatever. It was totally just me not taking the time to understand and look at what do I really need? I didn't want to see what I needed. I just wanted to be what I thought I should be. And I wanted that more than I wanted to take care of myself and attend to my own needs. And that's a big factor that led me into my depression. Um, obviously I was postpartum and there's the hormones and all that, but, um, I just needed to give myself permission to make my motherhood be whatever it needed to be for me. And so the way that I did that was really looking at quality of time versus with my kids versus quantity of time, quantity of time versus quality of time. So what that meant for me is that if I, I had the assumption with stay at home motherhood, which I'm not saying all stay at home moms feel this way, but my assumption, I realized the underlying belief there was that more time with your kids equals better nurturing and better outcome for kids and better raising of those children and more spiritual approval, more spiritual growth. Basically, as you're willing to be with your kids full time, you're somehow more approved of by God, and maybe you are doing a better job as a mom. And that is totally, I am not in any way blaming my church for that. Okay. That was my mind and my thoughts. I own them completely. The problem wasn't exactly that plan because that actually works really amazingly well for a lot of moms and their kids and their families. Um, the problem was that I wasn't making space for me and my unique individual needs inside of that plan. So I was trying to fit myself into this box of this is how I should be. This is what a good mom looks like. This is what she does. This is how her motherhood is. And that didn't actually allow me to get what I needed. So I learned that I had to give myself permission. And this was something that took me about four and a half years into my motherhood. I learned that I wanted to give myself permission and I wanted to make space for me because that's how I could have the quality of time with my children 
that I wanted. That's how I could be the quality of mom that I wanted to be. So if that's something that resonates with you, you just realize that you can play with whatever combination of quality and quantity of time with your kids to get the outcome that you want to have, to be the motherhood you want to be. It's not just your kid's childhood. It's also your motherhood. And just like they don't get their childhood back, you don't get your motherhood back. So are you doing it because you feel like you should? And if that's so, do you want to do it for that reason? And what are some other reasons you could explore And how could you find that love of being a mom? Okay. Lesson number nine, I don't care about clothing and clothes. Not, not saying I want to run around naked. I'm just saying that I used to love spending money on clothes and shopping. It turns out I don't care about that nearly as much as I thought I did. So how I learned this was that I actually started making more money in my business. Um, I'd always wanted to make more money. And then I went from wanting to actually, having the money, um, because I was doing awesome work in my business and I was providing a lot of value and people were hiring me. And as I made the amount of money I wanted that I'd always wanted to make, all of a sudden I had it in my bank account. That was like, I hit my first goal threshold. And as I hit that and I truly could have, if I wanted to gone and spend that money on clothes, if I wanted to new clothes, new shoes, whatever that I thought I would want to spend it on when I actually had the money, it was so interesting. From the person that I was that wanted that money and then the, the transformation that occurred between the moment I wanted it and I set that goal and then actually creating that money, I changed so much in that process that I didn't even care about the clothes anymore. <laughs> and I really just wanted to put that money back into my business and serve people even bigger and better, which has been such a pure feeling and I love it. It's so nice today. It's like I'm looking out my window and it is autumn time. The air is chilly and it's just the leaves are starting to change. It's so gorgeous. I love my birthday, September 24th, right at the end of summer. Not too cold yet for fall. It's just so perfect. Okay. And lesson number 10, my savior, Jesus Christ is real. This one, take it or leave it. You guys. Okay. This is totally true for me. And it is so powerful in my life to know that Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, the guy in the Bible that went around teaching, he's more than just a guy in the Bible. He literally is the son of God. This is what I learned this year. And honestly, I've known this, but I learned this in just deeper ways. Specifically, the thing I want to say with this is that, that I really learned is that true abundance stems from Jesus Christ. And the more we center our faith and our lives on Jesus Christ, because he's the source of all light and truth and goodness and abundance, the more of it we get naturally it follows. And so, um, that's not something that everyone's going to agree with. That's certainly not is what's taught, um, directly from the life coach school that I was certified in. And yet it's something that I have learned as I've integrated my faith with my business And it's been a beautiful thing to know that I can center my faith on Jesus Christ, not just in my personal life, but in my business. And it will create more abundance, more abundance of creativity, more ideas are flowing. It creates more money. It's a beautiful process. And I'm so grateful to be a child of God in this world, in this existence at this time. I'm happy to be 30 years old and I am beyond thrilled to be serving postpartum moms again. So for those who might not know, I, um, have had a couple different 
niches, right? Once I've become a coach, and I think that's pretty normal for new coaches. They kind of play some coaches. It's like people who go to college and it's very common for people to switch their majors and then settle in on one. That's kind of how it was for me. When I came out of life coach school, I kind of switched a little bit, but truly where my heart lies is with postpartum moms. I remember you guys, when I was struggling in the deepest part of my depression. And I had this vision of me speaking on a stage, teaching other mothers about the hope that is after depression and the tools and the ways to get out of it. And I just thought, and I promised with God, I told him, if you help me find healing, whatever it is, because I knew I had a belief that healing was there. And I was so desperate. The next patient, the next step for me was inpatient care. And so, um, I knew that I, I wanted healing. I didn't want to have to check out and leave my kids and get into a hospital or a, or a clinic. I, and so I just, I begged the Lord. I said, if you will help me find healing, I will take it and I will serve other moms with it. And I don't know if it was the next hour or the next day. It was, but it was really close after that. I found, um, my first life coach, the Jody Moore, her podcast is better than happy. It's awesome. Check it out. Um, definitely not for postpartum moms specifically, but just women of faith in general. Anyway, um, listening to her podcast, I learned that circumstances were neutral, which meant that my kids weren't making me feel overwhelmed. My depression wasn't making me feel overwhelmed. And I actually had power over it, what that power was and what it looked like and how much of it I had, I didn't know. And honestly, I still don't know that all the time because depression is something that goes through phases. And at sometimes we're more in the depression and at other times we can come more out of it and have more clarity of thinking and choice. But nonetheless, the life coaching principles that I teach on this podcast have completely changed, not just the end of my journey with postpartum depression and coming out of it, but how I see myself, the potential that I see in myself, the potential to live an amazing and fulfilled life because it, these tools help you clear out the garbage, clear out the anger, clear out all the emotions that you feel like kind of overcome you and keep you from living the life you want to and allows that higher self to truly guide and live in the present in your life. So it's such an amazing gift and opportunity. I feel blessed to share these 10 uh, lessons with you today on my 30th birthday, and I'm going to go party hard with my family later tonight. I love you guys. Have a good one, and we'll talk next week or maybe later this week. Bye. Hey, Liz here. When I was struggling as a mom of three littles, it was actually a podcast just like this that a friend shared with me that woke me up to getting the help I needed. Please consider sharing a favorite episode with a friend or leave me a review on iTunes to help other moms find the help they need here too. And if you're wanting to get more involved with these topics, you can join my Facebook group for even more discussion, fun, live Q&A sessions, getting to know other moms and wellness ideas. We're at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash wake up your wellness. All one word. Be well, my friends, and I will see you there.